today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Elliot Tepper is with us from Carleton University, a political science professor. He is with us now. Elliot, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, you're very welcome. So your thoughts, Elliot, on uh, when this first happened and did you realize it was just a matter of time before we got to where we are now? The, there's several different dimensions to this. One is the actual incident itself and how it was handled by the White House. And it was handled by the White House in two ways. The actual incident everybody has seen, I think, who care about this issue, where uh, the CNN reporter was asking questions and the president didn't like them and tried to close him down and sent an intern to grab the mic away from the reporter, and the reporter uh, resisted lightly. Uh, He did touch the arm of the per Well, her arm came across to take the mic, and he apologized immediately to her on camera then, Uh, the White House put out a doctored version of that taken from an infamous conspiracy site, InfoWars, where they made it look like a much more aggressive chop on the arm by by the reporter. Uh, So that's a very doubly seen... You know, to go to a conspiracy website, then use a doctored... doctored, uh, and a very easily traceable doctored video of it, is very unseemly, and, and, you know, that aspect alone, I think, is worth more comment than it actually got. Hmm. But now moving on, okay, so his press pass was pulled, you're not allowed back in, and then it became a question of, this is a free speech issue, and journalists have the right to ask these kinds of questions. No, this is a privilege, you, you don't have a right, we set the rules here, you broke them, and you're out. And we can do it to others, and that was, that was uh, mentioned, and there was an ominous component to that is we did it to this one and we'll do it to others if we wish. Now, the court has come down and said that um, the rules weren't followed. So this became a First Amendment freedom of speech issue, which was not resolved by the courts. I know. So uh, when you think of the White House even making this move and now this happening by a judge who apparently Donald Trump appointed. Yes. Uh, he, he can't be happy about this. How does the White House come out of this with a win? Because the farther well, they go in, the, the uglier this is going to get. Uh, all of the interpretations so far in the media is this is a great victory for, for the free press. Uh, and I would suggest that, in fact, it's likely to be viewed as a great opportunity by this White House because what the judge said was, you don't really have a whole set of protocols here. Uh, you don't have a way to say what's appropriate, what isn't appropriate. So in the absence of those, we're going to let you tempor- we order temporary reinstatement. This was not settled on First Amendment grounds. Yes, reporters have a right, and you don't have a right to tell them no. I think the White House is very likely to do what they've done in the past, which is to now turn around and double down by saying, okay, we're now going to set up a whole set of rules mm. which we will determine, and I suspect several more court cases are going to follow because those rules will probably permit uh, a lot more actions like the one we just saw where the White House can, can following its own rules, not arbitrarily, as the judges suggested, uh, kick out reporters then that will go to courts and saying, no, this is first. So I don't think we've seen the end of it. But right now, I think the way it's being reported, a great victory for, for the press, is probably the wrong 
way to see it. The White House is likely to see it as an opportunity. Right. But how will everyone respond to changes in protocol in regard to the press? Is this similar to rewriting the rules of the Mueller investigation? I I mean, this is something that isn't normally tampered with. Uh, Just because he rewrites the rules, does that change everything? Well, as I suggest, it's likely to be tested. Uh, The White House, you know, they give out the passes, and only a certain number are given out, and not anybody can wander in. Uh, so they they can now further condition the rules under which the president may be may be um, questioned, or who can do the questioning. And this is likely then to go on to courts. Can they then turn around and rewrite the rules on other things? Well, then they're bound in each case by the rules of that case. I don't think they can go back and and redo the mandate of the Mueller investigation right. that's set and in the same right. process what we you know we aren't sure what's going to happen to it because now they've got their own um, <laughs> I don't know quite how to describe Jeff Whitaker but he's yeah. clearly put there to be the eyes and ears of the president and to protect the president not to carry out the the job of attorney general as it has been in the past uh, what about, okay, so he, Jim Acosta's got his credentials back, right. but that doesn't necessarily mean he gets to sit up front at the White House uh, press corps. Uh, will he just sit there and the president will go to, won't go to him? That's certainly a possibility. There's yeah. only a certain amount of time available, and the president can call on whatever reporter the president chooses to call upon. And also, he can just stop showing up. Uh, there were long periods when the, this, the normal practice of the regular briefing was suspended. Hmm. And Donald Trump had other avenues of reaching the press, as you well know. Uh, he could uh, uh, have private one-on-one interviews on Fox, <laughs> I mean, and and many others. I mean, he really he says he you know the press is the enemy of the people, which is uh, a very unfortunate turn of phrase, and it's one that is very threatening, I think, to the nature of American democracy. But uh, he also obviously loves being in the media, so he'll have. But he has many ways of doing that other than having press conferences. What about CNN's lawsuit? Uh, if the White House decides to redraw the protocol for that the press has to follow, is that irrelevant? I think, if I followed this correctly, the judge has ruled on that, that lawsuit. So that particular episode perhaps is over now. That doesn't mean there won't be others. So how, uh, moving forward, what is the press to do? Hmm. Its job is best it can under these circumstances. Uh, we also have a whole different dimension that the press, as we've known it, is also being buffeted by the new digital uh, phenomenon, that we have a digital universe, so that and, and the Twitter universe, and the, there's many other ways than the traditional press. What you see in the press corps as the normal media people, um, some of them have, obviously have an online presence, but by and large, this is a, a traditional way of doing business. The press shows up, the president talks, there's questions back and forth, uh, but in our digital age, uh, the whole concept of how you get your news, where, the, in fact, what is the news, is evolving. Is this any different, Elliot, than any other Trump story in the sense that um, is this going to make any difference? Is this the one that uh, is this the straw that breaks the camel's back? Not, simply because it's 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 in regard to the First Amendment and free speech and all of that stuff, or is this like it depends on who you ask? And all the Trump supporters are going, yeah, to hell with CNN, put the boats to them. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a tipping point. It may be a tipping point 
when we look back in terms of the the history of First Amendment and freedom of the press and relationship between the press and the president and the whole role of the media uh, in an evolving age. Yes, it may be very important in that regard. In terms of the day-to-day politics, I don't think it will make much difference. What about Donald Trump's reaction to this was one of his judges? <laughs> I think he probably is going to go to Mitch McConnell quietly and say, look, you promised me conservative judges, and I've given you all this leeway, and you know, you blocked Merrick Garland, and great, you've been doing a wonderful job. Your legacy is going to be a generation or two and a half of my kind of judges, that is your kind of judges, you're failing, Mitch. Uh, he might have a quiet chat with him to get even more... Um, uh, will Mitch McConnell say I, this has nothing to do with a conservative judge at all? Has this well, to do with breaking the law? I don't think we'll hear what no. Mitch McConnell... This was, I think behind the scenes, uh, indeed, you've raised a good point, that... Uh, the president may indeed go and lean on Mitch. Uh, remember, they've had a lot of frosty moments, and Mitch McConnell just just uh, hunkers down and carries on with what he wants to do. And they, I, I've sometimes suggested that this is something of a, a Pence, Mitch McConnell, White House, mm. uh, and we should perhaps start examining that aspect of how America is operating these days. But uh, Republican judges are judges. And uh, once you're appointed, who knows what will happen. We're going to be seeing this again, possibly in the immediate future, in terms of cases that are being brought to the Supreme Court. Because the Supreme Court, as we know, we now know, has a a Republican-appointed majority. And the president has taken to a practice which is unusual of saying, okay, there's cases going through the court system, but we're going to short-circuit it and do a referral, which, and there's a loophole that allows you to do that, referral straight to the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court is now getting a more uh, full docket. Their docket is backing up, basically, with these, additional, uh, with these additional cases. And we have an election right in front of us, and once again, it's Florida, and some things may end up in, this, in regard to the midterm elections, including about Florida, again, that go before the Supreme Court with its Republican majority, with Kavanaugh uh, having recently joined. So will they behave as judicial practitioners of the, uh, of the great art of interpretation of the Constitution and application of precedent? Or are they going to say, hey, we're Republicans, we know how we're going to vote? Um, is Donald Trump getting worse in the sense that is he becoming unraveled now that he knows he's losing the house in january it, it seems like again these during this press conference he went off on a couple of people uh now this judge reverses his decision uh does he feel things closing in you know we hear this all the time i'm, I'm reading a couple books now that talk about inside the white house and some of the you know tell all kinds of things that are there is he unraveling more than he was before? That's subjective. It's certainly a possibility. I've been concerned a bit in, in a different way that his health may be affected. He barnstormed across America. I mean, he, as they say, left it all out on the field. He's been, you know, he's overweight. He's over 70. He apparently lives on Diet Cokes and cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. I suspect that's an exaggeration, but, you know, he doesn't seem to have a healthy diet or exercise. Uh, so there's, I think, reason to wonder if he's got health 
yeah. if this is weighing on him. But the one thing that I think we should be focusing on is this coming week, he now has to respond in writing to questions put to him. This was all negotiated right. between his lawyers uh, and, and the Mueller investigation. So the Mueller team has sent some questions in writing, and he's agreed to answer them in writing. And we have to remember, the Mueller team knows a lot now. Yeah. They, they have subpoenaed everybody, and the, they've turned key witnesses. So whatever the president chooses to put in writing now, he'd better be very careful because uh, he can say this might be a perjury trap, but what he means by that is uh, not that he's being questioned for 24 hours and says something incorrectly, but rather he'd better be very careful that what he puts in writing uh, cannot lead to a charge of perjury because that would be a, uh, an indictable defense. If he was going to pull the plug on this thing, why wouldn't he have done it by now? I, I don't. I don't think he felt able to pull the plug on it. Uh, he's uh, So he can now with his new uh, well, attorney general, well, he thinks he can. That being said, will he exercise that, and why not do that before he has to answer any questions? Uh, I think, you know, it's not an impossibility. We could, you and I, the next conversation we have could be about that. Uh, the signs are that he's been dissuaded from that action by by people around him, including his own lawyers. And uh, and some key political people and his family and so forth. So he's been persuaded that he's going to survive this. So don't don't worry about it. The the possibility exists that the report can be completed, turned in, and never released, because it goes to the acting now the acting attorney general. So and who's Jeff Whitaker? Who's his guy? So the, the that's always a possibility as well. My guess is this: that the Mueller team will be hiving off aspects of this to the circuit courts and to the FBI. And uh, uh, one way or another, the House Democrats are going to get a hold of whatever is reported so that Mueller is probably going to get a report out, and that report will hit the public one way or another. Or that key elements of that report, even if the report itself is suppressed, will be in the hands of others who can pursue investigations. Elliot Tepper has been with us, Emeritus Professor, Political Science, Carleton University. Elliot, thanks for stepping in last minute. We appreciate that. Oh, you're very welcome. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.